Welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO office. Sits in beautiful uh, the west in, in, in the West Loop of Chicago in beautiful Chicago. It's a beautiful day out. Hey, That's beautiful. All the West Loop. The beautiful the West Loop. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. I try to speak. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew. We got. CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. And back from Kansas City, you saw him on the post-game show, or pre-game show earlier, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are coming to you live after a White Sox, Vinny, what'd you eat in Sagatuck? Sagatuck. What? Sagatuck. Where'd you go in Michigan? Yesterday, yeah, I was in Holland and Saugatuck. And you got you had chicken. I did have fried chicken. Is it good? It was delicious. You looked like you you thought you you'd enjoy it. Oh yeah, I murdered I mean, that. I don't know. That chicken looked delicious. Go to Vinny's Instagram and check it out. <laughs> at Vinny Duber over on Instagram too, and he's he's verified over there. Look at that. Um, Herb, what's the what's the best fried chicken you've had? I don't even know. Um, so many good ones. I mean, it's hard to mess up fried chicken, but some people do it. I haven't had any like specialty ones. The honey fried or honey butter fried chickens, it's decent, but I don't know a specific one that I'd like that one stands apart. The Jules? Jules is pretty damn Jules good. Jules. Jules is pretty good. Or uh, rotisserie chicken there? King Supers, which is in Denver area, I think is better than Jules. Hmm. But Blas- you gotta go to blasphemy. But you gotta go to Denver though. You gotta go to Denver. <laughs> uh I guess we'll talk about it. We're coming to you live after a White Sox. Loss four to three in the ninth inning on a suicide. I mean, was is it suicide? It was a safety squeeze. The runner safety at third squeeze. was just uh, making sure he got the bunt down. Suicide is when you're running down the line um, While the before pitches, the pitches got yeah. being thrown. Got you. Okay. Uh, so just a safety squeeze, uh, but it scored the runner. It was effective. Royals win four three, and funny enough, they won three out of four hmm. against the White Sox. Uh, they are the losers of two straight. Our Chicago White Sox five and five. In their last 10, eight and a half games back in the AL Central and 13 games below 500. Before we talk about the bad, just real quick, want to plug the shirts. We got brand new merch at CHGO Locker. Uh, maybe it will make you smile while we are talking about the really bad stuff because uh, these designs are fantastic. Uh, love the pinwheels, uh, love the, the hats. Um, like the baseball club and Vinny, uh, we noted earlier that you'd probably like that the fact that uh, it's spelled right. It's North Space Side and South Space Side. North side, south side, those are two words apiece. Remember that, folks. Uh, so go to chgolocker.com. And if you do want to become a, a diehard, uh, you do get a code for a free shirt. And uh, when you sign up, you get access to our Discord. Uh, I see Husky Bardo. I know he's in here. Uh, and you get this nice little box, too, uh, that comes uh, full, of, full of stuff. Yeah, the shirt, shirt that you, you get. Um, you get a nice member card. And I believe there's stickers here. A lot of stickers. As well. You get a little uh, package as well. Um, Sean, yeah. show them what they've won. Ooh, right there on camera. I'll drop it all. <laughs> Look at that. See, now there's too many things. Oh, my God. I got you. Oh, boy. Right, so it's a box. What, what am I supposed to do? That's it. All right. You did it. Yeah. Right, cool. You're done. Um, White Sox lose four to three. I think we should start with the decision to bring Reynaldo Lopez in to close the game. It seems like that's what people were. I mean, that's what we talked about the most. We didn't talk about much during the game because it was kind of slow. Uh, but then kind Reynaldo of a Lopez came in. I mean, and, that'll uh, happen with some games. Yeah, you There's were, 162 of them. <laughs> you were questioning <laughs> Joe Kelly. Um, I was. Coming in, and then Reynaldo Lopez comes in, and, I mean, Vinny, you, you weren't really shocked. What do we make of Reynaldo getting that opportunity? 
he hasn't stopped getting those opportunities. The, the, the numbers are horrific, and uh, today, I think more than anything, it's that leadoff walk that was uh, the most to blame. You can't really blame a pitcher for giving up a walk-off bunt, but if the guy that scores on that walk-off bunt, you put him on uh, with four bad ones outside the zone, then that's, your, that's on you, no doubt about it. Uh, the, the hit that sent that runner from first to third wasn't really – all that special, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of a regular run-of-the-mill single. Yep. Um, this, though, the the walk, though, is what comes back to haunt you. They call it the dreaded leadoff walk for a reason because that's a guy on base uh, that you now have to navigate around, and Reynaldo Lopez could not navigate around him. It's almost like showing you exactly, though this guy was on first base instead of second base, how easy it is to score in in the extra innings, right? When they put those guys on second base for free, so often uh, a pitcher doesn't even have to screw up, really, in order to get that run across. Reynaldo Lopez didn't give up a home run like he's been doing over and over again, but he did something that White Sox pitching has been doing over and over and over again, walking guys. Uh, Herb, you talk about Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly's been really good lately. Uh, He was again today, I believe, a perfect one, two, three inning. Quick, too. Uh, yeah, fewer than 10 pitches, I think. So, uh, But, man, Reynaldo Lopez cannot stop giving up runs. Uh, I guess the only thing you can point to is that there was always going to be an expiration date on using Reynaldo Lopez as the closer because of Liam Hendricks coming back. Now it looks like he could be back maybe as, as soon as next week. Uh, if that's the case, then these are the dying days of Reynaldo Lopez's tenure as the closer or the guy who gets put in in the toughest spots. Uh, but heck, what if one or two more of those come up this weekend against Houston? Is he still going to get uh, sent out there? Sean, we talked the other day how much it seems that Pedro still has to rely on these guys, even the ones who have struggled. Um, Reynaldo Lopez is one of those guys, but man, the the number of outings in which he is letting guys cross home plate is just getting really, really high. Yeah, I'm not and, sure if the trust will still be there, Herb, but I mean – would you have trust Reynaldo in that decision? Would you you have gone Graveman? I don't know. I'm not the guy. The thing I have a problem with goes back to last night's game where the game was out of control and you put one of your best relievers in the game late in the game with Keenan Middleton. I would have saved him for today and put one of the struggling guys like Reynaldo Lopez or other uh, relievers Palmer. yeah, in there to get some innings in, whatever they need to do. So I don't know if Keenan Middleton was available today, but I would have had him go into the ninth inning with the tie game because you know he's getting getting the job done more often than not, and Ronaldo has not. But as I said the other day, you're going to have to depend on Ronaldo Lopez if this team is going anywhere. And so I understand why Pedro went to Ronaldo Lopez. Now it's on Ronaldo Lopez to execute the pitches. Get the job done. Don't walk, guys. Yeah, Prado's (laughs) tough. He's real tough. But – don't like I, I was mad about the ball four. Like, throw it down the middle. If Prado hits a home run, tip your cap. But if he walks, that's like to me, you're giving up. You're not even, it wasn't even a competitive pitch. He wasn't even close to the zone. So I just am mad about the, you know, the execution. And then I felt like he was scared of Prado, which you can't pitch scared. Scare money doesn't win any. So it's really bad. And I don't know if I told Bill, he lives in Denver, King Supers. It's like a, a jewel. Out there, it's their grocery store. Yeah, delicious chicken. Um, and he was pitching scared to Prado. He threw one fastball in the zone. Uh, Prado did fall it off. He did get a swing and a miss on one that was near the zone on the third pitch. But he threw six fastballs to him. I mean, he was afraid to throw his slider to 
Nick Prado. He was not willing to really throw it in the zone at all. Um, and then you see against Matt Duffy, uh, and he did have Prado with two strikes. That's another big thing. And, and Matt Duffy put one in play and got a single with two strikes again. Like, Reynaldo Lopez needs to finish, guys. I mean, Cody was remarking, the our Cubs guy, that, wow, the stuff looks good. He throws 99 and can't get guys out. It's like you're not able to get Matt Duffy out. Like, Nick Prado's good, but you look at these two teams in the offseason – kind of similar in the way that they were both in the uh, managerial market trying to hire a, 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 a coach and what now we're uh, what 40-ish games in 39 what's 30? yeah yeah um, these teams have very similar records 12 and 27 for the Royals 13 and 26 for the White Sox and these two teams weren't supposed to be in the same position and like you know I, I understand if they bring in Stallmount or whomever uh, to pitch against Luis Robert that maybe they'll be a little bit, uh, you know, wary of pitching against him. But, I mean, one pitch in the zone against Nick Prado? Like, this is the Royals. Like, you, you need to be attacking them. And Matt, Matt Duffy, like, you're not able to get Matt Duffy out where the Cubs are booting him away, the Rays are booting him away, the Royals are just kind of having him as a, a body. He's been up and down from AAA and MLB for the past couple two years, and you can't get him out? Like, this team is not inspiring, and this team, like, you know, I, I think Alec mentioned a 4.3% chance uh, to make the playoffs. I'm surprised it's even that high. Yeah. Like, I don't even think the Royals are above 1%. I wouldn't put the White Sox at a, a 1% chance to make the playoffs right now because you think they're finding their footing after Cincinnati. They score 17-4, to and yet you see Michael Kopech giving up solo homers, and it's like it's not an inspiring win right there, and now you follow this up, losing 3-4 to Kansas City. I don't know what the positives are uh, for the White Sox after 39 games, 40 games. Lucas Shilito is the positive because he's the one who got the win in this uh, series. But like but, team positive. But but 27 runs by the Royals in this four-game set, 13 by the White Sox. That's an ass-whooping. Three out of four, yeah, that's you could tell that they won the games. It wasn't There weren't squeakers in there except for today. The Royals put it on the White Sox. A big-time win on Monday, lost on Tuesday, big-time win on Wednesday, and then walk them off right there with the bunt, which I saw happening you know, before it happened. I was like, they're going to bunt here. A suicide squeeze. They did a safety squeeze there. There's nothing that Ronaldo Lopez could do there unless he throws it high and you know sees that the guy swings through the bunt and maybe he gets the guy coming down third base. But, you know, don't put the first guy on. We're maybe working with something a little better. And Matt Duffy, he had him down in the, the pitch before the single. Matt Duffy was late on a fastball. I wanted a slider off the plate there because, yes, he was late, but you threw in the same exact area he was late on the pitch. And, of course, again, he was late on 100 miles per hour, but he got enough of that ball just to drive it to right field and send uh, Prado from first to third and to set up that uh, situation. So, yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not that they're just getting beat by a little bit by quality teams. They got housed by the Royals, who before this had nine wins. Coming into this series had nine damn wins and feasted on the White Sox. It seems like when they see the White Sox colors, like, mm, it's time to eat. It's time to see what, exactly what we do. Like, they won the season series last year in 2022. They won the season series in 2021 when the White Sox were actually good. And now the Royals are just like, we're just waiting until we see the White Sox, and then we'll start playing ball. The, the Kansas City special has gone macro, right? Oh, my God. It went from one hit that Hawk always commented on to now it's just the Kansas City special is they play really well against the White Sox every single year. Well, it, I find it interesting that the guy who was there for 10-plus years was hired by the White Sox, and when he comes in, he kind of says, we know when they're, they weren't ready to play, right? 
and they were 10 and 9 against the White Sox last time. And when they were on, they were one of the toughest teams to beat. Now you see them lose three of four to the Royals team that doesn't have Pedro Grafal, went in a completely different direction, are rebuilding, have a 12 and 27 record. Like, what does it say about the White Sox? Is it the talent level at this point? Because that's really what I'm thinking about. Because right now, the Lopez, yeah, the stuff is great, but the results are horrible. We're going to talk about Lance Lynn later. The, the, Resume might be great, but the results have been horrible. Andrew Benatendi, the resume might have been great. He might have that first-round pedigree, but the results have been horrible. Elvis Andrews, same thing. Lenin Sosa, he started hitting fly balls. Yay, they're all outs. Um, like, he doesn't have a pedigree, too, so not to bag Lenin. Um, that's just poor roster construction and depth um, and injuries. But what do we make of Pedro having those comments and then – them returning to Kansas City and losing three or four well, to a rebuilding team. I think what you make of it, you have to remember, they didn't hire Pedro Grafol to beat the Royals. <laughs> I mean, they hired Pedro Grafol so to, to get this White Sox team to the top of the division standings. And right now, they're one game away from being at the very bottom of the division standings. Uh, he was brought in to take this collection of players and help them realize their potential. Um, you talk about what is it? Is it a talent gap? That kind of thing. I think White Sox fans probably pretty sick of hearing the word talent because this roster is full of talent, but is it what is it turning into, right? I mean, you just re- ran through a bunch of guys who aren't living up to their resume. How about a bunch of guys who aren't living up to the talent, right? And, you know, there's guys having fine performances today. Luis Robert Jr. comes up with a big hit. Andrew Vaughn had a couple of hits. That's great. Yes, Monty. But guess what? Benintendi. But But guess what? Like, the, the guy who started for the Royals today, came in with an ERA over eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to be – if you have done your job in getting this team back to where it was quote-unquote supposed to be, it should be doing more than scoring one run off of Brady Singer, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just team-wide. They can't really do anything right. Mike Clevenger today was fine. Well, we've always said that if a fifth starter is going out giving you six innings and three earned runs, that, that should put you in a position to win. Absolutely. They were especially in a position when to win. Especially when you're going up against the pitching staff that has helped this team contribute to this team, the Royals, being one of the worst teams in right. baseball. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is right now that through a month and almost a month and a half here, the White Sox have a pitching staff that has contributed to them being one of the worst teams in baseball. Indeed. So really, the Royals should have been expected to, to do – a little better as well. Uh, it, it, it's, it's nothing. I mean, you, you, you say, what can we make of this White Sox team right now? The vastness of the underperforming, it's, it's hard to even really un- understand right now because we, we, we spent all offseason being like, well, they can't have last year happen again. They can't have last year happen again. There's 13 games this under worse. 500. Worse. And think about the pitchers <laughs> the Royals threw out there. Zach Grinke has got a five-plus ERA. They were throwing Brad Keller, who absolutely sucked yesterday. But they were talking about sending him down at some point last yes, year. Yes. Vinny said, he, the man today, Brady Singer, almost a 9 ERA coming into day, today's game. And then they let Jordan Lyles pitch a complete game versus them. That man's got a 6 ERA. They scored 13 runs off of that team that threw up those four pitchers. That is piss poor. I, I get the bad pitching. It's been horrendous. But the hitting, you got to pick your team up every once in a while. And they really haven't picked this team up. We got the 17 uh, runs against the Reds. Congratulations. But this was a time to feast. Most White Sox fans, 
even the most pessimistic White Sox fans, like, we're going to Kansas City facing those pitchers with that lineup? Three out of four, it looks easy. I said a split would be good for the White Sox because I know the White Sox play shit versus the Royals. Man, I can't even get that. They got housed. They got killed by the Kansas City Royals. I, I'm actually kind of rooting for them to continue on this track because change may happen. Change might happen if it's embarrassingly bad. Last year was just mediocre, and maybe that's fine for the upper management and for the owner. Being really bad, being only having the Oakland A's being decidedly the only team that is worse than you right now. Only the Oakland A's because the Kansas City Royals just housed you. So they're not worse than you, even though the record says so. The Oakland A's, when we play them, I'm sure they'll do the same, especially when it's in Oakland. And I understand that Houston might be struggling, but, I mean, they're still Houston. Uh, then you have Cleveland, and we know how good of a, a, a organization they are for three games. The team that just housed you, they're coming to your uh, town for three days. And then you get to face Cleveland again. And mm. then, oh, the break is Detroit. Oh, they're second in the AL Central right now. But here's so the it's thing. Just like, Stop, I, what, those are terrible teams. But here, my point is, stop doing that. Yeah, like, okay. just stop, because what's the point, right? They just played four games against the Royals, and they lost three of them. So well, what's, point, the, what's the point of being like, oh, well, let's see where the schedule picks up and where it doesn't. It's like, just win any no, game I agree. right no, now. No, no, no. My, my point is just like, there, after a series like this, there's no way you can have confidence looking at the schedule. Right. because like When you team, go to play the A's, that's yeah, it. Right. right. But even then, like, can you? Like they, they they're really bad. not in Oakland. <laughs> they are. They are really bad. But the White Sox are really bad too. That they are. They're just as bad as the. I mean, they're not just not as bad. They're as bad as the Royals. They're worse than the Royals. I, I mean, yeah, they were this we week. That, if yeah. you, it, they're one like, game better than them. Just like Baltimore <laughs> last year, if you looked at those four games and you said one of these teams is supposed to be competing for the central title, the other one's supposed to be a bottom feeder, you would say the White Sox are the bottom feeder. Kansas City is supposed to be competing because they played as such. The White Sox. I don't know if they didn't care or disinterested because, yeah, they have more talent than the Royals. But after saying that time and time and time and time and time again, maybe they don't. Maybe they're just bad at baseball and all these guys are this. Like every single one of them, they're posting their numbers. Like Lucas is back to being Lucas and all the rest of them are being who they've been. And maybe they are just bad and they've been – We've been fed a bunch of garbage that they're they're supposed to be talented, but they're not. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this: go that tweet that you sent out earlier today on our on our CHGO White yes. Sox account of the WRC plus numbers per position. Right? I I'll be honest; I was surprised at how many the White Sox had that were above average. I think your point, the point that you were trying to make is, look how many of these are below average. Well, but given the the results so far this year, I'm surprised that Luis Robert Jr. was so uh, above where he where everybody else is supposed to be, that Aloy Jimenez had helped it become a, a an above average at DH. I know above average is not what you're shooting for, but when you're 13 games under 500, it's certainly, a, uh, it's certainly what uh, becomes the new expectation, right? Just be a little bit better than than playing right and well and the thing is i mean the reason i really did tweet it was because i was being petty um just because uh as dave who responded on twitter said uh, vaughn hasn't been great but still wondering why the rush by fans to replace him i mean i i just like there's so many things that you can complain about with this white Sox roster luis robert even though we were disagreeing about his plate approach and what he said to the media in Kansas City uh, was baffling, um, he's still been very consistent. Andrew Vaughn has been very consistent. Um, ben Attendee has gotten on base. 
I'll say that. Be that I'm nice, gonna. Like, I'm gonna. I, I mean, I will continue to push back on your Benintendi hate because I don't think it makes sense. You're mad that he's not hitting home runs. He okay, not, but, wasn't paid to so hit home he's, runs. He's played as, but he's he's I, been. He's I been, think he's, been, you're thinking it's misplaced. Play. It's for Rick Hahn, not it's, for the player. It, yes, and we'll get to that in a second. But again, like going through this, uh, catcher. Their way to runs credit plus is 87, league average 94. Um, Yasmani got hurt today. That's concerning, but I don't know if it's a super concerning injury because it was a, a hamstring pull. He seemed to be fine, caught a couple innings, yeah. and then came out and hit, and then ran to first and, and, and pulled up. I, I think that it could be something that could possibly be worked on and worked out. I don't know if you have heightened concern about Yasmani. I mean, I mean, we saw the now Carlos Perez is on the roster. There's as, three catchers. As I told you like two weeks ago, and I, I think you thought I was putting this out in the atmosphere to jinx the White Sox. As soon as the White Sox get players back, which they should be getting back on Friday, they'll have other people replacing them, like Yasmani Grandal and other people. Well, we don't know if Yas is going to go on the I.L., but he has a slight hamstring right now. So it's, you know, get the good guys back then somebody else goes down. It's just their lot in life. Now, some can say, what are they doing to have these players go off the field so many times, so often? I don't know. But this is what happens when you're a White Sox. It's you're, you're one step forward, two steps back. And I'm not too concerned with them. Sebi's been good at catching. That's all I want catchers to do is to catch the ball. Yasmani, I need him to catch the ball a little bit better. His bat has been actually... Pretty decent. I need him to hit a little for a little bit more power. But yeah, losing Yasmani, I don't think it would be a huge deal because he's not necessarily driving the ball like he did back in 2021. He's doing fine, but his his bat is not that great. Um yeah, I mean if there, there's no other concerns, I I would just push back just because I mean we saw the double today. Uh would have been a home run in Kaufman Stadium, funny funnily enough. Um oh, guaranteed rate. Well the the weather, like oh. if it's usually perfect um conditions. So, oh. like, you know, I'm assuming the rain we're, we're, or weather. We're assuming that it was blown yeah, I mean, in, held in by the wind. It was, like, inches Ridley away style. From, from being <laughs> I mean, a homer. He thought it was but, a homer. He yeah. dropped the bat like it was. No, I, I think I think Grandal's injury is probably in line with what he's been dealing with, with what we've heard from uh, Pedro when it comes to the back, the back spasms. The thing that, that made me raise my eyebrow a little bit, again, I'm not trying to diagnose anybody with anything, but – he, he runs the bases to second base. He gets to second base. We know Yasmani is not the fleetest of foot. But when he comes out and takes the next at bat, gets the single, I mean, he's he's. it seemed that his body was making it so he could only really walk to first right. base. And even though Yasmani is not a fast baseball player, he is someone who at least jogs, you know, makes it. He runs even if he doesn't run fast, right? And here it seemed like he went to run and something happened and he just couldn't make it to first base and that's that is a problem it's also a problem when you got to catch and it makes me wonder remember we heard from Pedro about Eloy and his legs you know we saw Eloy struggling to run around the bases how many guys on this team right now are going to you know your desire is to have their bat in the lineup Mm -hmm. on a daily basis because they can hit but they better hit the ball out of the park or to somewhere where they can easily get to first base or else they're not or else they're not going to be able to run the bases. Well, and I push back too on Yasmani just because right now his slugging percentage is 426, and that's what it was around 2020. I mean, it was around 422. So, like, he's not back at 2021 yet hitting home runs, but that also didn't come until later in the year. What we've talked about with Yasmani Grandal, if he's out there and playing games that successful, he's an above-average hitter right now. He's hitting for doubles, not home runs. Like, 
out of all of the fucking players on the team. That's the point that I was trying to make with the 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 the, the, the tweet was yeah. like Yasmani's been good and if he is out like you're gonna see more Sebi and Carlos Perez Perez had a nice hit against Chapman but I don't know if that's sustainable uh at first base uh 114 compared to 110 Vaughn hasn't been great but he's been at least average um second base a 29 rated runs created plus 91 is the position average again consistent issues at second base for this team it's due to probably Tim Anderson's health and Elvis Andres having to move over and Lenin Sosa getting called up at shortstop 64 rated runs created plus League uh, position average is 95. Tim Anderson hasn't hit a home run since May 22nd of 2022. Uh, third base has been great, but two of them are injured in Jake Berger and Yohan Makata, a 141 way to run created plus, but Hanser Alberto has filled the shoes fine. Uh, 94 is league average. Right field, 75 way to runs created plus. 99 is league average. Colos obviously being sent down. Uh, center field, 120 for the White Sox. 106 is league average. And then Ben Attendi in left field, 70. League average 105. So even Ben Attendi, he ha- he hasn't been himself. His way to run his creative plus is like 79. Like he's not, it's not even about the home runs at this point. Like he, he just makes very poor contact and it's consistently to the left side. Like I just don't think that he is seeing pitches like he used to. That might change, but right now the issues are the same issues it's been. It's the corner positions and it's the middle in or it's the, it's the second base. Here's a question for you. You went through that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are there only three positions in Major League Baseball that have a WRC plus where 100 is average Four. that are above average? Center field, left field, DH, first Oh, base. DH counts. So there you go. But like, right, right field is 99. So, like, I mean, that's basically average. Right. But, like, what's with, like, the? so you're saying basically the majority of shortstops in baseball are below average hitters or Run producers. Yeah, so well, far. like, yeah. well, like second base is probably a better example at ninety one. Like second right, but that's base, what I'm saying is that shortstop was under a hundred. Yeah, ninety five. Right field was right. under well, hundred. Third base was under a hundred. And that's why <laughs> Manny Machado and Dansby Swanson and you know Carlos Correa get the big paydays, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's why Tim Anderson should be hitting home runs. And I want to hit twenty home runs. He'll get paid very handsomely. My guy Dan from the two one nine. I love you usually, and I see you said forget process over results. That's two thousand twenty one. That's 2021, like when we've just looked, oh, man, we got a good, good result because we won the division. We ignored all the process that went into that. We ignored all the hard work that went into it and said, 2022, we're going to do the same thing. And that's what happened. Yes, I got it. The results of wins are what you want. But this is what happens when you skip over the parts of process, when you actually develop the talent that's on the major league roster. You get under average players we're not asking for a lot you said 91 is the win way it runs created plus four a second baseman they're at 26 we're not asking for the best second baseman in the league we're asking for league average at second base which is still below average exactly <laughs> and so like you the process process has to happen for the results to be favorable you can run into results every once in a while and have some good success we've seen that every, throughout life but imagine, like, what happens after the results are good if you didn't have a solid foundation to stand on. You fall off the table and you get 13 and 30, uh, 26 records. Well, and that's what you get. And, Herb, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to go in and say that the White Sox didn't do one whatever thi- number of things. But what you're saying is what the goal of this rebuilding project was. 
The goal of the rebuilding project was specifically to not have a team that just went out and won a division and then was bad bad again just because, hey, look, we were able to put one good team together and then it falls apart. Mm -hmm. The goal of the rebuilding project from the beginning was to make something sustainable, to make a thing where the process yielded results for years and years and years and years and years. And that's... that's very far away from happening right now. Uh, you know, obviously different people have different definitions of the timeline of one when you can call time of death on a rebuilding project, I guess. But even if you are someone like me who's the most generous in, in that regard, they're 13 games below 500. Mm-hmm. They won a division two years ago, and they've done exactly what Rick Hahn didn't want to do, which was go up, win a division, and go immediately right back down. Yeah, and, and plummet, really, at this right. point. Um, We'll take a quick break, and then we'll get into uh, more stats, talk about Lance Lynn, and talk about the return of Jose Abreu. Want to let you know, though, about game time, Herb Hughes game time in Cincinnati, Kansas City, Atlanta, Chicago, Everywhere. all around. The 50s, nationwide. nationwide. I, don't, I don't know if Toronto. I'm going to Toronto in uh, July, so we'll see if it works in Internationally. Canada. A. Um, but buying <laughs> tickets to your favorite uh, events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all these sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Vinny just scooped up Nathaniel Rateliff and uh, the Night Sweat concert tickets uh, on game time. It's true. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets. Um, Vinny got them in advance, but hey, if you're looking for last-minute tickets to go see Jose Abreu's return tomorrow, uh, they have a best price guarantee. You could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun or all the booing that you'll have. uh, Who would boo Jose Abreu? You pay for a ticket, you could do whatever you want. No, I'm not, no, you I'm must not, not watch Ted Lasso. I'm also not saying. I'm also not saying boo Jose Abreu. Maybe you're just booing. Maybe you just want to boo. Yeah, but why would know. you boo Jose Abreu? There was no reason to do that. Again, if was, you want to boo I Wilson Contreras or your Cup fan, that makes sense. That man trashed it on the way out. I can, Jose Abreu is all class. I could go boo the the hot dog vendor. I'm just saying. I bought a wow. ticket. That's just know. mean. Uh, it is. Snag- that guy has to buy all his hot dogs and then sell them back. That's how vendors work. What? You didn't know that? No, that's how vending works in, in, a, in, a, in a stadium. Yeah. They make the vendor buy all the things that they have to sell, and then they have to go sell them. So, like, do they get a better – they're not buying if them they for, sold, like, six bucks a hot dog, right? Is they probably like sell it under, like under market, yeah. and then they sell it for yeah. the price that's on the – on the right. little machine or game, whatever they have. Game time's just trying to help you out. Snag the tickets without the and stress. And by the way, I can get them in uh, Toronto, too. Oh, look I just that, checked eh? it out. Uh, snag the tickets without the stress of the game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create your account with and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download the game time app. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is for the second ad break. I will need a second reader for ComEd. Just right now? Up. No, no, no. Oh, no, you're, no, no, no. you're foreshadowing is, yeah, for later I, in the program. Because I didn't gotcha. communicate pre-show. All right. Um, it's a beautiful sunny day out in Chicago, and you could take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shader Ace have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shader Ace is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. And that's not all. Shader Ace has the most insane protection insane protection program in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one it tells us that they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked you can wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase and if you don't love your shady rays you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop their team always has your back back and exclusively for our listener shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season go to shaderays.com and use code chgo for 50 off two plus pairs of polarized shades try yourself Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades at shadyrace.com. Uh, we do have 
Oh, hey, look at Marcus Bueno. Uh, that's what you were pointing at. I yeah. thought you were pointing at the Super Chat, and no. I was like, oh, I'll get to that. Uh, no, Marco saying, uh, thank you, CHGO, for the Shady Rays. I'm wearing today on this bright day. Uh, not uh, so much bright future for the Sox team, though. Shrug. Uh, thank you, Marcos, for that, uh, that, that comment. Great we song do love by our, uh, Buck 3 Shady Rays. Future so bright. Gotta wear shades. Baby. Um, that's it's about a nuclear apocalypse. Oh, is it? Yeah, hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. I just it was just jamming off to it. So is Cold so water, is ninety nine red balloons. Yes, is it? Is. Yeah, 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 you guys are teaching out here. Did, did you know that? And you you probably know this, Vinny. Uh, did you know that the uh, German song, uh, the German version, ninety nine uh, Luftballons, ninety nine yeah. Luftballons, uh, tops the charts uh, here in the states, and the English version topped the charts in. German. Huh. The yeah. German ver- language version, I think, is the superior version. 100%. It is. Yeah. But Germans would say the American version's better. Oh. Just wow. like the Der Kommissar is the best version of that song in German. Absolutely. Um, Don't turn around. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, Der Kommissar's in town. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go to the uh, Super Chat. And sorry, Husky Bardo, for not getting this earlier. Uh, can you ask Rick tomorrow if he still thinks he should be the GM still? I feel like he should be pressured instead of softball questions. Um, he did mention uh, that he'd step down, uh, I think, last year at some point if he felt like he wasn't doing his job uh, well enough. I, I don't think that Rick Hahn is uh, going to willingly step down uh, from his general manager position yeah. where and there are only one of 30 well, in Major League Baseball. And I get what you're saying, Husky, and I, I get the frustration. I'm there too. But what is that question going to elicit from Rick? No. Next question. And it's going to have ire for Rick towards that person who asked the question. So I get it. But, yeah, that's, I mean, do you think that you're good at your job? Yeah. He, what's he going to say? No. Or should I be here? No. Like, that question is going to be a quick answer and then brushed off, and then he's going to go to somebody else's question. And I get it. I hear it. But these are professionals. Vinny's a professional. All the people in the media are professionals. They're trying to do their job, and there's not – Vinny's not here with pom-poms. He's not a cheerleader. That's why I'm not at the game. I would say maybe some dumb stuff like that. And I'm not saying your question's dumb, but it's more coming from a fan's perspective instead of a journalist's perspective where they're trying to get real answers and they could answer, ask that question in a more elegant way without being kind of dickish, if you got what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Well, and I mean, I'll just inform you whether you're happy with the results or not. Uh, the last time we talked to Rick, it w- a large chunk of it was about his job status and how he thought you know, he was accepting blame for what was a very poor uh, first, most of the first month uh, of the season. You know, he, it, that, that were, those were the talking points in that, in that media session. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the idea is you want to see a full transcript and you want to see uh, exactly what was asked and how. But, um, you know, Herb's right. Obviously, we, we have to craft those questions in a, in a way that we think is going to get the answer that you guys uh, want to your questions. Um, and the, the, last time, the last time we were out there, there were a lot of questions about his job status, and he talked a lot about his job status, which I would never think would be something that somebody would want to do from my experience. Uh, he, I, I'm not trying to credit him. I think this is maybe something that everybody should be expected to talk about in these roles, but um, we've kind of gotten used to the fact that hearing people talk about uh, their culpability and their potential to be fired uh, is abnormal, and he waded into those waters the last time out and so there you go it, it's it's not it's not that he it's not like he's not thinking about it 
It's not like it's all news to him that that there's uh, that there are consequences to go along with the kind of performance that this team has had so far. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys aren't wrong to have those feelings exactly. either. I mean, uh, right. Le Chatelain is uh, right in saying what qualifies Racon versus the rest of the league's GM. Uh, I mean, you, again, we've talked about this stat uh, since 2013. They have the 26th best win percentage uh, in Major League Baseball. Their minor league has the 30th best, which is uh, a, uh, what's it called? Uh, Contradiction, the 30th best. Uh, they have the worst winning percentage yeah. in their minor leagues. Uh, and overall, I think they're 637 games under 500 as an organization since 2013. Um, you know, you guys all are talking about Talk to Me After the Parade. Um, as you guys know, uh, there hasn't been a parade just yet. Uh, go read Vinny's article, though, from the 27th. That was the last time Rakan spoke, right? Yes, I believe um, so. Yep. And, and this is a pretty – I mean, this is a comment that, you know, like, quote, put it on me. That's the job. It's absolutely the gig. Put it on me. Ultimately, it's the players who play the game, and when they don't achieve at that level we've projected, they certainly bear a level of responsibility for that. But at the end of the day, the people who put the players on the roster, put them on the field, are the ones who bear the responsibility if that group doesn't achieve. That's on me. When you said who's responsible for that, I said me. I think that makes it clear that my job is potentially on the line. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, here's, the, here's the thing. That's the answer you want, but also it's not. Because the, answer, the thing you want to hear Rick Hahn say I is, quit. I quit. Right. I mean, I'm being like, serious. That's, no, yeah. that's what will satisfy the people who are overly frustrated about this. Mm -hmm. That is unlikely to happen. And so here's a guy saying that the players aren't playing well, and so it's on them, but I put the players on there, so it's on me. It's, this is what happens in sports is sometimes you get fired when things don't happen. That's what he said. I, what more do you want him to say other than the unrealistic thing, I quit? <laughs> I think literally people are picturing, and we're going to use you as an example. The but, royal you. Uh, yeah. No, you. you oh, me specifically. Okay. okay. Uh, Vinny Duber. Uh, I, I once watched this match on Friday Night SmackDown. It's a wrestling program okay, uh, from uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. Talking to uh, me like I'm old. There was a, a, <laughs> a Chavo Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio match. It was an I quit match. And uh, Rey Mysterio had his leg in a precarious situation. Uh, he was bent over the turnbuckle. Chavo was standing up on top of him, hitting his knee with a steel chair over and over again. I and bet then, you and, felt that pain too. And, and oh, I did. And, and Rey Mysterio was crying. He was he was you know uh, squirming all around. And the refs like, "Do you quit?" And he's like, "I quit. I quit." Uh, I'm just picturing you as Chavo Guerrero uh, and and Rick Hahn in that precarious position, smashing his knee with a uh, and with a, the proverbial questions of, of why would steel he be chair. doing it? Well, that's quite I, the well, metaphor because he's a part of the media. That's like, you no, know, but I literally think that people just want like Rick Hahn to be. Like I quit in front of well, a microphone. Here's the thing. Like and, and and here's the thing too, Herb. You you alluded to it. People want us, people with my job, the 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 few of us who are there talking to these guys every day, to act like they would, which is which is what you guys, which is why you're also mad that Soxfest got canceled because yes. you wanted to go up in front of a microphone and and yell at somebody for not doing what in your eyes is a very good job or is objectively not a very good job, right? Mm -hmm. That's. That's, that's not what we do. We don't do that. We try to get information. And if, if we are going to get that information, we can't be yell, yelling at people. And uh, You know what I mean? I'm not saying we have to go up there and be nice. Yeah. Our job is not to be nice to these people, but our job is to get information. And so, because you, you want that information. You want that insight. You want to know what's going on in the front office right now, what they're thinking over at 35th and Shields. So we're going to try to ask the questions that get get that information from them. Yeah. Because if we go up there and be like, hey, your team is so bad and we think it's all your fault, what do you have to say for yourself? Like, 
we're not getting that information. Right? I'm terrible. Bye. <laughs> we're not um, getting that information. And yeah. so, yeah. Well, and I thought I it was a, not a contentious uh, press conference that you guys last it wasn't, uh, time. It yeah. was It was a real, and you saw on Rick's face that that man was taking it serious. And you guys know me. I I don't like Rick Hahn's job here. I, I think he's he's over his head and he has done a poor job. But he, like you, are is a fan of this team, and he knows that he hasn't done this job correctly. So, yes, he feels it, but he's not taking accountability because the person, per, people that take accountability for him are Kenny Williams, who would also get fired, and, Jer- and Jerry Reinsdorf, who's never getting fired. So, yes, I get it. Just get it out your mind that he's going to be fired or he's going to resign himself or something else like that. This won't happen. Just go with what it, you could still talk shit about him. You know, say that he, the man didn't do his job. I mean, I tried not to be personal, but sometimes it you know, doesn't happen. But you got to realize that Rick Hahn feels this pain like you feel this pain, probably more because it's his actual job and he won't be getting a job after this if it's, 13 and 26 projected out to a full season. No one's going to be hiring him to do this same job somewhere else. Can I interject real quick too? Yeah. Um, Rick Hahn made the hire of Pedro Grafal too. So again, it is his team, right? Like yeah. he, he deserves accountability. And remember the White Sox have no problem with accountability. Um, the one question I would like to ask is, you know, Rick Hahn is just, you know, what is the re- relationship with Jerry Reinsdorf? Like, I mean, like how present is Jerry? Cause I mean, that's the one person that's going to control Rick Hahn's destiny is either Kenny or Jerry, whoever holds that trust in his, sure you know, right. I, I do too. But Pedro said, and this is from James Fegan, uh, Pedro Griffal was not pleased post game said, quote, we got outplayed and that the team quote lacked urgency close quote in this series quote, that starts with me close quote. Griffal said to be clear, um, kind of goes back to the, the, the thing I brought up is, you know, you could kind of tell the Royals could tell when the white Sox weren't going to show up. If the team's, you know, Griffal saying we got outplayed and that they lacked urgency that, that's exactly what the problem was last year. Nothing got fixed. And Rick Hahn, again, said, like, we got to prove it by winning. They haven't won. He understands the state that this team's in. You understand the state that the team's in. They're bad at baseball right now. Thank period. you, Mr. C. No one gets fired. Well, I'm just, to, to, your, to your point, Herb, well, I, I mean, mean, obviously. Ricky Renteria got fired. Here's, a, here's another thing. Here's another thing that, that fans never like hearing, and it's the line from both players and, and managers, plural, past, it's these guys aren't going out there trying to screw up, right? Everybody right now, not everybody, folks in the chat and plenty of people on Twitter and people you talk to will say they, they, they lied to us. They told us these guys were going to be good, and they're not good. What's, what's going on? How did this happen? I say that a lot. It's because Rick Hahn thought Aloy Jimenez was going to be good. Rick Hahn thought Luis Robert Jr. was going to be good. He thought that the collection of – these players was going to be a collection of players that would win and win big. And so when Herb says, of course, Rick Hahn is feeling this as much, if not more than you, he put this together. He thought it was going to go one way and he's got a lot more information than, than everybody else does to indicate that it was going to go Mm -hmm. in a positive direction for the team and himself who put this team together. He is not seeing that. And so I can guarantee you that he is more fresh or frustrated and upset about this than anybody else because he was the guy who had your dream job to put the team together, to be at the to be at the wheel, right? He finally got it and and the car's not going anywhere. If anything, it's going backwards. And 
and he's just got to be sitting there, go, you know, just mad as all hell. I yeah. can I can guarantee well, you. And that's the thing is, you know, he, he brought up in that thing, we're feeling every emotion in the book, ranging from rage to disappointment. At the end of the day, we have to win. That's going to, uh, the, that's the way we're going to earn this back. We could sit here and talk about how it's early. We can sit here and talk all about these other teams that had rough start, but it's still turned it around and even one World Series after those rough starts. But in the end, it's not going to matter until we start winning ball games, which they haven't. And Rick is, you know, I, it, I feel like this is the less lawyery speak that we've heard from Rick on, uh, just because, again, like, the team is bad. There's no way around this. If they continue to lose games, it is very likely that in a normal baseball organization, he would lose his job. I just don't think that this is a normal baseball exactly. organization. And we're talking about people talking about results. And like Vinny just said, like he thought that Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, etc., would be good. But the process of getting them good, I think they skipped a couple steps on keeping them on the field, they've skipped a couple steps. And so this is what they get. They are good, and he knows. I mean, we all thought with the talent that they have, like last year, beginning of the year, we're 95 wins. We're like, they're going to win everything. Even this year, after everything that Rick didn't do and Kenny didn't do in the offseason, still we're like, division sucks. They can win this, throwing their jacks out there if everybody stays healthy. But I don't think he did the process right of – you know, let's develop this talent. Let's make sure that the the talent from Luis Robert goes from A to B to C. Same thing with Lloyd all the way through. And it hasn't happened. That's on Rick for not putting in a set, uh, 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 organizational thing that says this is what the White Sox do. This is how we develop talent. This is how guys go from this point to this point to that point. And we've seen it with this guy, that guy, that guy. But we haven't seen that anywhere. No. Like, there's barely been anybody that's progressed to the guy that they're supposed to be. Yeah. That's it. But even then, I mean, he's he's struggled for the last year. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I'm just like, saying you're talking about who's going to come up and then go this way, go up. And he – absolutely has um but you're right all these other guys where where these guys were these guys were can't miss prospects and they are struggling mostly to stay on the field but Mm -hmm. struggling to become those players that's the thing is i mean since 2021 they have a 71 percent win percentage when the five players play with each other yeah when they don't they have a 72 and 169 like they have a 50 percent win percentage when those players don't play what you said play with each other. Oh, my God. I'm 12. <laughs> my bad. Even though I'm 44. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's a team that – he's not wrong that the talent is talented. It's just the talent's never there on the damn field. Nope. If I, if I don't find jokes. Grandal's hurt. Yeah. Aloy's on the IL. Moncada might be coming back uh, to start the, 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 the series. But, again, like, there's no consistency and there's no – We're in a terrible cohesion. cycle. A terrible cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then, and then and when and no then when the rest of the cycle. team when the rest of the team doesn't play well on top of it, yeah. right. you get thirteen games below Mr. five hundred. Your your analysis concise. No bullpen. No hitting. No defense. It's, absolutely. It's tough to win. Well, and here I want to go to a couple things. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, let's go to Comed. Uh, let's let's chat about our. our, our I can do the part two. If you want me to? Program. Let's see. Why don't you both do it? To Why don't you take it like sentence in, by sentence? Like in I'll take I'll harmony. Take, we'll, we'll be we'll do three readers. I'll read the first <laughs> sentence. Herb, you read the second sentence. Uh, Vinny, you have the third sentence. Of the second this is reader, just confusing as all get out. Well, okay, how about I'll, me and Herb do this? Okay, okay go ahead, Vinny. You want me to be reader one? I'll do reader two. All right, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy uses and lower energy bills right now and into the future. Yeah. 
Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades. Commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Comet also delivers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, and industrial processes. Herb, this sounds absolutely incredible, but how does it work? I'm glad you asked that, Vinny. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually if you don't like people in your house. And last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency pro- projects that can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple playback. If you own a business, Sean, don't wait. This is the this is the CTA. Should I do it immediately? You shouldn't. Not yet. Oh. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. Herb Herb. I'm a little hard of hearing. Did you say comed.com slash powering biz spelled B-I-Z? Yes. I don't know how I'd be able to hear you say a, a spelling, but that's what I think it says on this thing. Yes, Vinny, you should schedule it today. Should or I? as you say, immediately. Immediately. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> should I go to comed.com slash power immediately? But thanks, you should for go set, to, thanks for setting up, Vinny. You should go to comedyolchek.com. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, all right, let's do some quick hitters. Seattle Kraken play-by-play guy or color guy. That's who he is. Former Blackhawk, right? No, just Seattle Kraken. That's what he's known as. Yeah, we don't we don't have a bobblehead of him in a Blackhawks uniform. Nope, just us. the Kraken guy. Um, all right. So I want to kind of just on the whole offense being stinky, Recon talk. Um, I want to get into a couple things. Quick hitters. We'll talk a little bit about Lance. We'll talk a little bit about Jose's return, and then we'll wrap this up. So Recon made that comment at the trade deadline: "Ball goes far, team goes far." Yep. Since that comment. August 3rd to this date, there are, I believe, 11 teams without 100 home runs in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Are the White Sox one of them? Yes. Okay. That's correct. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was nice. <laughs> yes. Um, there are also f- four other American League Central teams in this. <laughs> in, in Every this team stat. in the American League Central? Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, where do the White Sox rank in that stat out of American League Central? Ooh. They're fourth. Fourth. I say. Guardians mm. hit a bunch of home runs. That's a good question. Usually I can go from context on this and say they're probably last, but I'll price is right, Herb, and say fifth. Damn it. Okay. You're right. Fourth? Ahead uh, of I, the You're you're also completely wrong about the Guardians. The Guardians are the worst team in uh, baseball hitting home runs since August third. The uh, White Sox have the most home runs since August third out of teams that don't have 100. So there's 18 other teams that have so, 100 home runs. Oh, so, the, so he was not right. I'm not. They're first. No, I was fourth. Yeah, they're first. He won the I, competition. He won the but, competition. But they were first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Competition. Gotcha. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah so they, I won. I'm, press is right. They have 99. Um, <laughs> the Diamondbacks have 95th. Minnesota has 95. Uh, Pittsburgh has 93. Kansas City has 91. Oakland has 90. Colorado, 86. Cincinnati, 85. Miami, 80. Detroit, 77. Washington, 77. Cleveland, 64. What's the opposite of steel sharpening steel? Um, Rock. Rain rusting steel. Yeah, Yeah. something, because that's what the AL Central is doing right now. As I said in my tweet, if the White Sox are in the AL East, they only be now eight and a half games behind the Yankees, who are in last place. 
Yeah, well, and th- that's a f- I saw that too. Like the Yankees are currently in fifth place and like eight games out of five, uh, out of first place. I know the White Sox are like eight and a half games out, but still, like I mean, the AL Central is just pathetic. You just 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 be good at baseball. Like yeah. it's, it's it's as simple as that for the White Sox. And it's not be a, good at baseball, and you might make the playoffs. And, and it's not a four percent chance coincidence that all the AL East is good when the schedule gets balanced because. Every team has to compete with every other team. And the same with the AL Central. We just compete with the people in our division, which we haven't played well. And so we're at the level of those guys instead of being at the level of the Astros, the Yankees, the uh, the Rays, and et cetera teams at the top of the AL um, League. And so that's what we're doing. We're competing with people who are terrible instead of competing with the top of the league. And that's the fault of Kenny and Rick to keep us in this middling position. Now we're just hella bad. God, I didn't never thought the White Sox would be this bad. I don't think anybody did. They've been horrible to watch. Um, we talked about this on the pregame show. We'll get to Lance Lynn in a second. We'll get to Jose Abreu returning. We'll get to Mankata returning. Uh, but Luis Robert had this quote on plate approach, and this is from Scott Merkin. Quote, honestly, I just checked the speed of the pitches that the pitcher has. The pitcher I'm facing that day has. There is too much information that I don't like to look at. To me, the simpler the better. Uh, the quote continues. Once you're at home plate, you can't be thinking of all that stuff. You have to be thinking uh, the pitcher, what pitch, and the speed of that pitch he has. Nothing more than that. Um, Herb and I got frustrated, but I, I did a little bit more research, and I found this from uh, a James Fegan article uh, from Jose Castro when he got hired. Quote, the numbers are there, the analytics, and we use them. But once you step into the batter's box, it's about competing. We already planned for this starting pitcher. We've seen his stuff. We know what the stuff does. Now we have a plan, and we step in that box, and we compete. I'm not going uh, – it's going to be more numbers detailed, and when it comes to pitch movement, uh, I'm sure guys will be really quick to it and not some. Uh, we just have to help them out. That's what we're here for. Um, I, I am less mad at the Robert quote just because it is kind of what Jose Castro might be telling him. Um, so I, I, I don't really mind the quote as much. I know we kind of blew up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, again, Luis Robert has had consistent results, and it seems like even though it might be frustrating to hear – the results have been consistent. Him and Andrew Vaughn, the results have been consistent. And what we heard is it might take a month or so for these uh, changes in the offseason to start working out. It seems like for Vaughn and Robert, it seems like they might be settling in because Andrew Vaughn's been hot, Robert's been hot. So at least credit where credit is due. Um, those two players have, have been hitting well. I mean, Robert, I don't know if I would use the word consistent to describe Luis Robert, considering that slump that he was in was mm-hmm. been red hot since Cincinnati. But... Uh, well, that's only a week, but uh, yeah. and he went over four yesterday with four <laughs> strikeouts. But uh, I, I, I let's put it this way: I think I don't think that there's I don't think that him just saying I don't prefer to have all that information in my head is a bad thing. I no. think there are people who do things different ways, and if your way of having success is to keep it simple, stupid, right? If your way of success is to just go up there and hack, and it works, then go right ahead and do that, right? Not you know, Sean. We can look at it in a much more in a much less athletic way, right? You love delving into all those numbers, and I say more power to you. I'm somebody who prob- who doesn't go as deep into the into the the more heady stat kind of stuff, right? But hey, we still watch baseball, and we still yeah. can make our takeaways from it. I think that that also applies to guys who hit, guys who pitch, whatever. Some guys want every last shred of stuff because they're like, okay, well, I know the ball's going to break this little bit, and I know that this, and he's going to be able to put it exact on the sweet spot. And some other guy goes, 
and it and the ball goes out of the park. You know, so it that alone is not a negative for Luis Robert exactly. Jr. What I would be interested in learning, and I've, I asked this to Jose Castro. He said that Luis Robert Jr. is someone who takes coaching well, but I would like to know, is this a case of them saying, oh, I think this will help you, and him just going, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I know how to do this already. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but when we see that communication breakdown that happened with him and Pedro, when we see a guy whose approach did not seem to change from an anecdotal visual standpoint from when he was swinging at everything last year to when during that slump he was swinging at everything this year you know even in the world baseball classic we were noticing that and and it just makes me go huh what is he doing to adjust because that's what baseball is that game of adjustments where okay this isn't working well then I need to do something different is he just going oh well it'll all work eventually kind of thing when it very clearly is not doing that and what relationship does he have with the people who are trying to help him make those adjustments? And what I was saying in the pregame is Luis Robert seems to me with those quotes satisfied with his career as such, how it's, how it's panned out right now. And he can be, and that's cool if he is, but I think he's much more than he has been. And so the progression is you're good. You're on a major league team. People talk about you all the time, but you're not an average player. You're not a 114 where the center, 114 weighted runs created 120. plus 120 rate, rate runs created plus guy. You're a 150 guy if you dedicate yourself to the craft. And yes, you don't want to be inundated with stats and all that extra stuff. But I can tell that you haven't taken the de- next step of spitting on the slider that's outside. You haven't taken the next step of pitch selection, of what, how the pitchers are approaching you and getting you out. You can crush a, a Raldis Chapman ball down third baseline, or um, I forgot who pitched the, home, the gave up the home run the other day on Tuesday. Lyles. Yeah, Jordan Lyles ball. You could crush that. If it's right down the middle, you have that talent. But for Luis Roberts specifically, he has generational talent that we haven't seen in a long time, especially on this team. And for him to just be a middling player or below average player or just an average or above average player is not good enough for me because we all see what he has. He's a five-tool player that's actually a five-tool player, but he's not getting close to that. That's why I get frustrated with him because he, I don't feel, is taking the craft seriously and understanding that, yes, I can hit any ball anywhere I can catch any ball on the field but that's not good enough good enough is being in a hall of famer because you have that talent good enough is being up there with Mike Trout because you have that talent tell me he doesn't please somebody tell me he doesn't he has that talent but he's satisfied with being a way to runs creative of 120 well. which is good he's gonna have a good career but no I like this the line from a Bronx tale is what was it? The, the most sad thing in, in life is wasted potential. It, the saddest par- thing in life is wasted talent. The wasted talent. And he is wasting his talent right now. I believe that. And I'm high, holding him to the highest standard in baseball because he's that talented. And being good is good for everybody else. But he's not good. He's great. And he can get there by dedicating himself to not swinging at sliders outside of the zone. Not getting struck out by fucking Jordan Lyles four times or whoever it was, garbage pitchers. 
You're better than that. These people suck. You're on the top of the league. You should be better than you are right now. Good is not good enough for him. You a big Bronx Tale guy, Steven? You I love that, that movie, yeah. yeah. You knew that quote that, pretty that is, by heart. It's, it's sad. He's good. He should be great. He's got, a, I mean, he's got nearly two war already. I think he's he's on good. He's for like an eight-war season. Not, he should be great. He might have the best. I mean, if he, yeah, continues, but no, if he continues on this pace, he, he might have the highest war for any White Sox in a season. Yeah, that's not good enough. He's better than any. Hall of Famers from this. He's better than whites. He's better than all those whites. He's better than Frank Thomas at total war. He's a better player than Frank Thomas. He can be, but he doesn't want to be. Well, you don't know that. What? Well, the 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 execution shows me he right. doesn't. Well, but but that's what I'm saying. Criticize that because yeah. that's what's gone wrong. Yeah. Again, you might be right. Who knows? But but we I I I don't like to I don't like to assume I know what's going on inside a guy's head or inside a guy's heart, but. We can look to, to him failing to make certain adjustments, failing to get rid of some bad habits as a problem yes. and as something that is holding him back, like you're saying. Um, at, the very, at the very best, assuming, his, assuming that all his intentions are good, he is still failing to do those things. Yes, right. and he's really good, and he might be the White Sox All-Star this year. I would, Probably. Yeah, Ohibo. And I, I would love to see just a full, healthy Luis Robert Jr. And so far, we've seen that. I mean, like, there was the one blip where he wasn't communicating with Pedro, but uh, it's, it seems like he's learned from that. He had a quote to James just kind of saying, like, you know, I know they're here per, to, to protect me. Um, I don't know if he's going to pass Eddie Collins, though, who had a 9.4 war in 1915. Why I know we he? all remember it. That's, well, the, that's the team yeah. record? Yeah, 9.4 from uh, Eddie Collins because uh, a nine-war season. I watch Eddie Collins play all, every day when I was a child. Herb, you're not that old. Okay, you're not so, that old, Herb. Um, I was like, man, this Eddie Collins is pretty decent, but Luis Robert. Bad. You were just listening. You were just like, you were just sitting around listening to the German version of Der Commissar and watching Eddie Collins. It's <laughs> like College Boy is good, but Luis is much better than College Boy. Uh, Eddie Collins is the only one with a nine war uh, season for the White Sox. Dick Allen with an eight point six in eighteen seventy two, and Minnie Minoso uh, with an eight. Should be Hall of Famer Dick Allen. Um, yeah, in be. his in his in his while he was live. Um, God damn it! It sad. sucks. Um, well, going back to the Jose Castro thing, though, he did have one quote. Uh, we don't want the week out, the week contact when we're ahead in the count. Um, just coming into today, the White Sox uh, for poorly or weak contact on StatCast um, rank where? Out of 30 teams? Yeah. I would say in, 22. In weak hits or so weak, weak number, batted ball events. So number one has the most? Yes. The most, the most weak hits. 643 weak hits is the, the, the leader. I would, there are, uh, I think, 11, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 9 with uh, 600 or more. I would say, like, so they have the fifth most weak hits. You think the White Sox have the fifth most yes, weak hits? Yes, in baseball. I'll say second to the A's. Second to the Nationals. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh. 643 <laughs> to 642. Or worse so, than the A's. Uh, they're closing in. Uh, Benintendi as a player is eighth. Uh, Andrews is 14th. Vaughn's at 50th. Um, just for a, a little rundown there. Um, all right. Uh, final things. Will Anselin be DFA'd? No. No. Who, who's taking over for him? Like, you could say he's been bad, and he has been hella terrible. But I believe he'll actually get better because his track record says so. And then secondly, even if you thought he's done and washed, who's taking over? Who's going to be the starting pitcher for Lance Lynn? Also, he's the leader of that pitching staff. That would be a, that would be a detrimental move to the rest of the team. 
Uh, Jose Abreu returns tomorrow. Is this the biggest headline of the White Sox season so far? Well, the biggest headline, the biggest positive headline? The biggest headline of the season so far is that they're 13 games under 500. That's fair. It's going to be good times tomorrow. Celebrate Jose Abreu in his whole career. It's one positive thing. I think the fans are going to go to the stadium tomorrow, and I hope it's packed on a Friday night. Beautiful weather. Well, it might rain. Um, but Jose Abreu should get a standing ovation that lasts no less than two, three minutes because he did what he needed to do here as a White Sox. As one of the people that Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams have scouted and got here, he had a phenomenal White Sox career, and his number will be hanging up in the, in the on the back, and he'll have a statue, all that stuff. You guys should give him Thank the you. biggest – Oh, there he is. Here's you should Jose. give him the biggest standing ovation of all time because he's one of these people who won an MVP. There's not a lot of them. Well, he, he deserves it. He deserves your ovation. Yeah, and Sox fans are, are usually fantastic at this. I remember Mark Burley returning in with uh, Toronto because I don't think he played with uh, Miami uh, here in Chicago. Uh, Toronto let him go out on the field by his own, and there goes Mark Burley, and he looks back. None of his teammates are there, and uh, the, the White Sox fans are giving him a standing ovation. So hopefully it's a, uh, a loud and proud one for Jose tomorrow. Uh, Yohan Moncada returning tomorrow. He's got to be here to see Jose. Uh, absolutely. Do, <laughs> but is that confirmed, we think? Well, it's what it sounds like. Uh, it, I believe the, the updates from the beat writers who are down in Kansas City said, seems like he will be back tomorrow. It's the only be a positive because they've gotten good play from Hanser Abrocho, but Yoan Moncada is a different level. Yeah, and uh, Jake Berger's been uh, good as well. I mean, he's still on the IL. Um, again, uh, White Sox third baseman have a 141 weighted runs created plus, and uh, Moncada has been good, hitting some homers down in Charlotte in the rehab assignment, so hopefully his back's feeling nice and he can uh, uh, provide some uh, well-needed defense and uh, offense to this team. I know you said it earlier, but I just want all these guys to be on the team at one time and just see what they can do. The record's yeah. good when they are all, all together, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I'll take Yoan Moncada coming back and maybe Lance, I mean, uh, Liam next week as a thing, as a consolation prize because apparently Yasmani Grandal's hurt, so he might be going down. I don't know, but I don't know having all these people Eloy back probably be on the, more the pressing. team, that one yeah. too, that's like, a, what, a month away? Yeah. Like having all these guys on the team and seeing what they can do will be the thing I'm looking forward to because this season's for me is cashed. So I'm looking for actual good games and them competing and us at the end of the season's like, man, if those guys were all together, we could have did XYZ. I don't want to be bored the rest of the season. This game I think we are talking about it was boring as shit. I don't I don't care if they lost. I care if they lost, but the game was boring. I need a, a exciting brand of baseball which they used to be and now they're just going through the motions in a garbage offensive effort today the pitching staff was good I haven't talked about Mike Clevenger he did exceedingly better than he's supposed to do as a fifth starter and it's hard for me to give that man a a compliment but six innings of three earned runs or less is what I want any starting pitcher to do much less the fifth starter so I gotta give him credit today he did well even though I don't like the guy yeah, I mean, the issue with most White Sox starting pitchers has been they've gotten the six innings. It's just been, you know, four earned runs, five earned runs, ten earned runs, whatever. Um, that is Vinny Duber. He's RCHGO White Sox beat writer. He will be at Guaranteed Rate Field tomorrow covering Jose Abreu's return to uh, Guaranteed Rate Field. So make sure you – don't break that damn bobblehead. Um, so make sure you check out uh, him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. Uh, this is Herb Lawrence. You can find him on Twitter, at <laughs> 
three. It's Jose running across the bases. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show. We will see you tomorrow for a CHGO White Sox postgame show after the Astros take on the White Sox. See you then. Go Sox.